Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Vibrarian Radio Show. My name is Joelle and I am your host, the Vibrarian, and I would love to welcome you this evening to our conversation. This is the Psychic Inside Show on the Vibrary Radio Network, and every week we talk to interesting people who have discovered their psychic gifts and abilities, and uh, we learn a little more about their journey into discovery and find out what it is like to have a real-life psychic life. Now, you will have to give me just a moment here because, of course, as the show came online, my browser decided to crash, so I do not actually have access to my dashboard to be able to bring Kathleen into the show at this moment. So while I'm taking care of some housekeeping, I just wanted to share with you that we do have a Facebook community where you can join the Vibrarian community. We call ourselves the Good Vibe Tribe, and this is where we share information and uplifting memes and stories that I hope will, you will find enlightening and that will help you as you go about your day to live a little better and to live a little differently. So um, you can find us at The Vibrarian, and that is D as in victory, I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And you can find The Vibrarian on Facebook Instagram and Twitter, and I would love for you to follow me and join in and to our conversations and contribute. Um, each week on the Psychic Inside Show, we talk with people, um, and these are oftentimes people that I have met in my own journey in and around Atlanta and also nationally that are psychics, and so we get an opportunity to kind of find out their personal story and see what led them to discover their psychic gifts and abilities. And the goal of this show is to kind of demystify the whole idea that psychic is something that is super rare or very unique. Everyone is psychic. We all have an inner ability to be able to connect with certain gifts and perceptions that sometimes are seen as outside of the norm. But what I have found is that more and more people are discovering that they too have the abilities to, to hear things that are extrasensory. Uh, sometimes we call it ESP. Sometimes we call it um, sixth sense or um, hearing angels and guides. And so the, most people, this conversation may be a little bit foreign and it, it, a lot of times we have psychic gifts and abilities, but we are not recognizing them for what they are. So part of the goal of this show is to show you that psychic gifts appear just as uniquely as we humans are and how each of us look differently and no two people are like, no two ways of these gifts coming forward are the same either. So, again, our phone number for this show is 646-668-8988. You can call in to the show at any time, and if you want to ask a question, you can press the one key on your keypad, and I will bring you in as soon as possible. If you do have a question that is personal, if you're looking to receive a reading, then that will happen during the last portion of our show. Um, this evening, Kathleen has agreed that she is part of our program, 
will provide short mini readings for our callers during the last portion of the show. So I'm really excited about that. But without any further delay, I would like to introduce you to Kathleen Robinson. Kathleen is the founder and owner of KCR Counseling. And according to her bio, she is a certified spiritual counselor with training and experience in psychological counseling. Um, Kathleen has degrees in psychology, industrial psychology, and counseling. And from what I understand, she combines esoteric tools such as tarot, intuitive wisdom, visualization, and shamanic journeying with the more traditional techniques of psychology. So, Kathleen, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. I'm so glad that you are here this evening. Well, thank you so much, Joelle. I appreciate you having me, and I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, just as a way of background, I have met you a couple times. Well, I've met you, let me just say, but I have also been a recipient of one of your readings. And so this evening I wanted to learn more about you because I have only encountered you a few times. And it's very interesting to me. Um, One of the things that stood out for me particularly is that when I looked at your website prior to um, having your services the first time, you did have the information that you were – had a background in psychology and and not just one level of psychology that you had gone through bachelor's and master's degrees in psychology and counseling-related fields. So – I'm very interested to hear about that portion of your life. And when you were doing these, you know, when you were in college and and drawn to psychology, did you know that you were psychic already? No, not at all. In fact, I could really relate to your comments made at the beginning of the show where you said that a lot of people, all of us, are psychic and intuitive, but we don't realize it. And it took me a good portion of my life before I actually started using the gift of intuitive ability. I started out, I got the degrees in psychology, and um, then I worked in human resources for about 30 years. And during that time, I was so busy with the job and raising a family that it never entered my head that I could be considered intuitive. And then um, right before the last few years before I retired from my human resources job, I went back to school and got the the degree in school counseling because when I retired, I wanted to become a school counselor. So that's how I got into the counseling. So after I um, did leave my job, I was a school counselor for four years, and um, I enjoyed it, but I just felt like that was not exactly what I was looking for. So that's why I didn't stay with that career. But in the meantime, I had been taking tarot classes. And it was during that time that I realized, God, this is something that I'm really interested in. And I started having a passion for reading the cards. And I started out, you know, I took the classes, and then um, I just basically, you know, read only for family and friends. And then um, I had a mentor who was encouraging me, and that's when I branched out and realized, okay, I could do this for other people. So I started out going to psychic fairs, and I got some experience. And that's kind of, in a nutshell, where I started and 
you know, as I progress through the years and realizing that, okay, I do have some intuitive ability. <laughs> so you had a whole career. I mean, you're talking about 30 years of a career. So this is like second life discovery for you that it, it's all a totally new career for part two. Yes, exactly. And see, one of the challenges that I have is that when I went to those psychic fairs, I would look around and talk to people and would find out that, God, most of these people have 20 or 30 years doing this, and I'm just now getting into it. So I had a real issue to deal with with, uh, with self-confidence because I felt like, you know, and I also had the tendency to want to judge and compare myself against other people. So it took me a while to get beyond that until I realized that, okay, I do have a gift and I truly am helping people. And so when I concentrated on that, I didn't focus so much on myself and say, oh, my goodness, you know, all these other people have so much more experience than I do. So it was it was a learning journey, too. So... When you look at one of the questions that I often get um, is, really, psychics? That's what you're doing now? (laughs) Because (laughs) I was a librarian and a corporate librarian in the legal world for many years in my quote-unquote first life. And so I kind of get met with skepticism from people um, who say that, like something like psychology is considered like a firm science that has the Mm -hmm. traditional scientific method of approach. It's rather structured, of course. When the the people who are kind of the fathers of psychology, if you will, they were seen as a little nutty in their time as well when they started (laughs) talking about that there were underlying issues that people were going to be dealing with in certain ways. But, um, how do you transition or you probably had a mindset that was rather structured to be a psychologist. How does one depart from that pathway then to say tarot cards are also a way to provide therapy and counseling for people? Right. Well, it did take me a while because I started out just reading the cards. And as I progressed and got more experience, it dawned on me that I was actually counseling. I wasn't just saying, okay, well, this is what you can expect or this is the probable outcome of this or, you know, this sort of thing. I started realizing I was giving insights to the people that were valuable. Um, I was giving them suggestions for how they could improve their lives. Uh, for example, how they could, uh, if they were, were in a toxic environment at work, how they could surround themselves with positive, loving energy and uh, protect themselves from the negative vibrations. And um, if, if somebody was having a continual negative thoughts, you know, I'd talk to them about how they could break that mindset and get out of that cycle. So it did, but it didn't happen right away. It was over the period of a couple of years or so that I slowly started to realize, gosh, what I'm doing is counseling. And the other interesting thing that I really loved was that it also made me realize that I was actually operating at a higher level of counseling when I was using the cards, whereas when I was just a regular counselor, I could only go with so much. You know, the typical things, you know, look at the 
uh, you know, the body language of the person, the tone of voice, you know, what they're doing, how they're saying things, the, the things, in other words, that we perceive with our five senses, and I was going just with that. But then when I started using the cards, it was like amazing because I was operating at this higher level, bringing in the intuition, the sixth sense, you know, my third eye opening, that sort of thing. And I, I really felt like I was helping people so much more by being able to use the cards. Now, you said that you had kind of wound down your first career and then transition um, to the intuitive counseling. So did you have clients that lasted through that bridge, or did you have clients that came back to you at a later stage in their life after having traditional therapy with you that then had to discover that you were doing things a little different? You know, well, what happened was that in order to make the transition, that's when I started going to psychic fairs. And, of course, you see all kinds of people there, you know, and you do have some people who come back month after month. But I was at one particular fair for almost a year, and then I realized, okay, you know, I feel like I'm not really helping the people, just seeing them one-on-one, I mean, just one at a time. So that's when I... um, started you know going into my own business where I do private readings over the phone and in person and then I also um, work once a month at a metaphysical bookstore up in Woodstock where I do readings so it was a gradual transition it wasn't something that boom you know I went from being you know uh, in human resources to being able to do this it took me a while okay And for our callers and listeners that are here this evening um, that may not be familiar, just by way of background, um, a lot of times you will see as you pass on the road, you'll see a house where there's a palm or a crystal ball type image, and it will say, Psychic Readings by Sister Mary or (laughs) Miss Louisa's Palm Reading. And that's what I used to see, you know, and I always then kind of looked at it suspiciously. Um, Or at places like Underground Atlanta at one point in time when you would stroll through the the, – scroll through underground, there would be readers there that you, kind of like a carnival experience, if that's what you want to call it, I, I, you know, and I don't mean that in a mm-hmm. denigrative fashion, but uh, it, it made it feel like more, it was like entertainment. But what I discovered many years ago was that there were, I picked up a copy of uh, Aquarius magazine somewhere, I think at the time, and I saw that there were these psychic fairs. And so I wanted to know what it was about. And so I grabbed a couple of friends, and we were super, you know, like, what are we going to find? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We went to the psychic fair, and we went to one of the oldest ones in Atlanta, which is hosted by Gloria Parker up at the Big Blue Barn in Roswell. And we walked into this room full of people. It was not at all what we expected, but it was a room full of people who each had a table set up, and you got to go read the bio of the person and see a little bit about them, and then you paid for, you know, like a two-reading special to kind of give you an introduction. And like you said, it's very interesting because you see people 
doing all kinds of things. Some people had tarot cards in front of them, which at the time I didn't know what tarot cards were. Some people had uh, crystals strewn about on their table or um, uh, different divination tools like a pendulum to to use to answer questions. It's rather overwhelming when you first go because you're like, I don't even know where to start. What do I want? (laughs) Uh, You know, but um, I had you know, psychic readings, and I learned to go over the years because I did find just just in those 20 minutes that the information that came through was very actually helpful to me and explained some things that I might have been feeling or were going on, but I didn't quite have the language or thought to come together in a very solid way, and those readings really helped me at that time. But again, once I started going, there's kind of a uh, side eye that people give you say, oh, you go to those things, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> like you, I wound up picking up tarot cards because I thought it was interesting. Now, I will say that there was a bit of fear for me uh, just because of the ideas that I had learned through popular movies and, and there's a kind of fear mongering that kind of happens around certain psychic abilities. So I thought that they were not necessarily positive tools. But I came to understand later that it it had nothing to do with any kind of evilness or anything like that. But mm. it was actually a system of looking at information based on a story that could be gleaned mm-hmm. that were kind of a common story that is used to describe the human experience. So I, mm-hmm. I, I love that you read cards, and you actually provided a tarot reading for me at, um, at this event that I host, which is the Vibrate Elevation Station, which is kind of a, a new version of the psychic fair where people can come and they can have readings, but they can also visit vendors who are selling products and services that are uplifting, that are handmade, that are made out of their creative gifts and inspiration. So, you know, I I love that idea of sampling something that you may not be used to before diving all the way in, and I wanted to provide that opportunity at pop-ups around town. So I reached out to you because uh, you were introduced to me by a mutual friend, and they said, you've got to meet Kathleen, I think she would be wonderful for your events. And sure enough, they were right. You were wonderful. And so I I know several people who received readings from you who then came back and said, wow, she is so sweet. And it was such a helpful reading. So, you know, I really am appreciative of you sharing that gift with people. So when you started Tarot, you started as a hobbyist, correct? That's correct. Yes, you know, I just started do, you know, re- doing readings for friends and family after I had taken some classes. And um, but when I fir- the first teacher I went to, we started out using the Rider Waite cards, and a lot of beginners start with these cards. And um, and it was okay. But see, I am I'm a Virgo, and I'm very left brained and very literal and analytical. So I felt like, okay, I've got these cards here, and I need to memorize, memorize. And that's what I would do, you know, instead of trying to interpret. And it wasn't until I changed to a deck of cards I really liked and had a different teacher that 
placed a different emphasis on things where I started to realize, okay, you know, just let it go. What are you seeing? What are, what messages are you you receiving? And that really helped me because I didn't I I could let go of the memorization and that there's no right or wrong. You know, it's what you're getting. And then I started, you know, getting messages in my head and at first I thought, well, I'm just talking to myself. And then I realized that <laughs> I was getting that was my intuitive ability coming through that was helping me read the cards. So it was a, a once again, you know, a learning experience and an important thing for anybody who's interested in learning tarot cards Make sure that you look at, there's many, many, like at least a thousand or more decks out there. There's many to choose from. And take your time and try to find a deck that you really resonate with, you really connect to. Because if you don't do that, then there's going to be a disconnect there. And you may have trouble like I had at the beginning with just trying to learn the cards. So that would be an important first step if anybody is interested. You know, take classes, you know, talk to people, uh, you, know, you know, read books, you know, do, however you like to gain information. But the main thing I would suggest is be sure you find that first deck that you really feel comfortable with and you just have an instant connection like, oh, yeah, this is my deck, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's very interesting because, when you look at the system that Tarot, in the academic sense, you can approach everything from the sense of academic, from logic, from understanding what certain things mean when you see them, just like we study for the test in, in school and regular subjects. And you can actually still be effective in understanding the energies around your life when you do a more linear interpretation of tarot. So I I don't want people to think uh, and that there's a wrong way to do it, but if you loosen your own structures a little bit after you start to kind of get an understanding um, and feel comfortable, then I think that is where, as you describe it, your own intuitive things kind of start to emerge because mm-hmm. so tarot takes a system of the story of uh, from it includes numerology it includes certain symbols that represent energies um, it's tied very much to the understanding of the elements of uh, earth air, fire, water, and then how those present in being human and experiencing life. I mean, it's very very much an interesting, I find Tarot very fascinating as a a subject just to kind of get into because what I found is it is cross-cultural. You know, the human story of birth to to death is universal, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what language you're talking about, and it doesn't matter what the language behind your cards are. If you're using an Italian system of divination, uh, such as the Vera Sibila cards, or if you're using playing cards, you can still use the understanding that the tarot system provides to glean the story. Now, how Mm -hmm. the story then applies to your personal life, I think that's where 
the intuitive part really comes in because once your intuition kicks in, then the story is not as specific. You can sense the energy of, say, uh, like there's one image called the tower. And the tower shows this kind of disturbing thing of a structure collapsing and all manner of mayhem and and hellfire breaking loose. And so when people see that, they're instantly like, oh, my gosh. But when you look at the fact that sometimes things in our external environment do shift us radically out of our comfort zone, then that becomes like a universal application and you can then kind of move forward to apply it personally or to the people that you're having readings with. But mm-hmm. in your case, you said you started to hear. So would you say that you are clairaudient, or were you seeing images along with the card images, or or how that work? Well, um, yeah, I am clairaudient. I just hear things in my head. Um, and that helps me interpret the cards. But you were bringing up a very good point, Joelle, earlier about, yeah, this linear, I don't want to give the impression that, oh, you just can pull a pack, you know, get a pack of cards and start looking at them and reading them. You do have to have a basic understanding of what the meanings are. But uh, like you were just saying, you know, once you have that, then the meanings could change. I mean, the, the basic meaning is the same, but the interpretation of a card could change to depending on who you know what the the ant what the question is that the person is asking and you know so there is a lot of flexibility there but you do have to understand the basic underpinnings of what the tarot is all about and uh you know what there's just the basic structure and you know what the cards in general mean but uh yeah you know the colors are important um the there it's con- the the whole there's 72 uh cards in a deck and there we have major arcana, which and these are the mo- the more significant cards, and these are uh, sometimes it's called the fool's journey because the very first card is the fool, where the, a person is starting out on an adventure, and then uh, he goes through all the different cards and ends up the very last major arcana card is the world, where he's worked hard, he's uh, found you know re- can see the results of his labor and um, he's feeling good about all that and everything goes in a cycle so once one cycle is completed then we start all over again and we're the fool again starting out on a new adventure learning new things and being excited and that sort of thing so those are the major arcana cards we also have the minor arcana and these are the suits the four um, you know the wands coins or pentacles, swords, and cups. And so these relate to kind of everyday sort of things. And um, there are, you know, the, there's uh, ten of them. And then the last group um, are the court cards. And these really relate to, can relate to personalities of people. You know, I, when I pull a court card, I'll start describing the kind of person that that card indicates, and and the per, person would say, yeah, that is that does sound like me, that sort of thing. So it's really kind of neat to see how the overall structure of it works and how they're all intertwined and tied together. And uh, you know, when you pick the cards randomly, well, they're always random. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get, but you pull them up and then you look to see, okay, how is this related to what the person is asking? So it's really an interesting kind of system uh, that that allows for interpretation, and that's that's one thing that makes it so wonderful. 
it seems like it is actually a cousin to modern psychology, honestly, because if you look at um, some of the, what is it, Carl Jung, and uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know all the names of the people, but they talk about uh, the hero, the the martyr, the, uh, you know, you hear somebody has uh, Oedipal complex where they're acting out of certain wounds and that is the root cause then of their behavior in their present or their struggle psychologically in the present. So it seems like that symbolism, like understanding when a person presents a certain behavior or problem to you, if you approach it from a psychology perspective, it's why it's going to be very similar. It's systemic. Mm-hmm. And it's only by then asking questions during your counseling session that you can get tease out of the person or allow them to uncover in themselves what the root cause of their true problem is. Because most people will come, I've been to therapy plenty of times. I'm I'm certainly not uh, ashamed of that. I think therapy is wonderful because it helped me at times when I was dealing with life crises that I was not prepared or did not have the tools for. And when I would sit into the first therapy session, generally after the first one I would say, you know, I just don't know if this is going to work because she didn't say anything at all. I just mostly talked the whole time, right? (laughs) And it's only over a series of sessions that I realized that uh, I was an open book, so to speak, or if not an open book, at least I was understood from the perspective of the psychologist who then helped me understand and become aware of myself where I might have been blind to some things getting to the real mm-hmm. root of why I was crying and why I was depressed while I was there. So, you know, Tarot is kind of the same thing. When a mm-hmm. person presents to you, the question that they're asking is oftentimes not really the question that they want answered, but they're not aware of that. So it seems like mm-hmm. it's almost a parallel, a parallel practice in, in order to work within both systems. Mm-hmm. You yeah, you're exactly, you're exactly right, Joelle. Uh-huh. Yeah, the now, psychological am, aspect. Well, if I'm a if I'm a person who I look up your website or I say, you know what, I I had a reading, but you touched on something that I feel like I really need more than twenty minutes to unpack. So when I call you, um, I call you to to schedule a session and. So what is what happens at that point when you're approached by a person who's found you through your website? Okay, well, uh, they can go for either, you know, 30 minutes or 60 minutes. That's the way I have it set up. And, you know, sometimes people go longer. Uh, but I feel like 30 minutes is the minimum to really get a good reading in. But I start out by, um, you know, telling them that, you know, I have – Connected to before the person calls, uh, before I, you know we have the reading, I let them know that you know I have connected to my my higher self, my guides and angels, and I've also connected with their heart chakra. So there's a connection there, and then um, I call on my guides to bring information that is true for this person and for his or her highest and best good. 
and then I also have a gate gatekeeper, and that is from that's different for different people. Mine is Archangel Raphael, and I ask him to allow to come through only information that is true for the person and for his or her highest and best good. Because when we're psychically open, you know, if you don't protect yourself and call in protection and guides, then you don't know what kind of information you're getting. So I make sure the person understands that I've done this before the reading. And then um, I'll start out by saying, you know, okay, you can, we can start out by a gen- with a general reading where we just see what your what message got your guides the universe has for you right now, or if you have a specific question, we can start with the specifics. And uh, what I'm finding is that most of the time, people if they do have specific questions, but they like to start out with the general, and they'll say, well, let's just see what the what the cards say generally, and we'll go from there. And so that that's how, for me at least, that's how a session progresses. Now, when you talk about, you know, connecting with archangels and guides, again, you're getting that's a slightly different conversation, one that I'm comfortable having. But as you start moving from reading tarot as a hobby and start realizing that you're hearing messages that are relevant during that reading that are not based on the card interpretation but something knowledge-wise is coming out from you, how does that move from that to having a conversation with Archangel Michael? Well, it's not really a conversation. I just ask, it's Raphael, and I just ask him to uh, bring, allow to come through, through the cards. I do use the cards. You know, I do not mm-hmm. talk off the top of my head. But in order for, for the cards that I choose and to be able to interpret those, I want to make sure that they will be relevant and be useful for the person who's do, who I'm doing the reading for, and that I will give them valid information that is true for them and for their highest good. So I am depend. I definitely use the cards as my divination tool. So I don't just talk. You know, I'm not a psychic who just closes my eyes and say, "Well, this is what I'm getting." You know, I ha- mm-hmm. I use the cards as my source of of information. And. Was it in the classes that you took that you learned about grounding and protecting yourself for for your psychic energy and to call on certain angelic supports, or is that something that kind of came into your awareness through your intuition? Yeah, that was the the my particular guides. You know, everybody has guides, but I took a number of classes, um, workshops where it was connecting connecting to your guides, and and through meditations, I was able to identify some of my guides as well as Raphael as being my gatekeeper. So yeah, but uh, that's not something you know you you may talk about those in classes, but they don't put any emphasis on that. But if you go to a class, the emphasis is going to be on learning the cards, you know, how and, and the different interpretations and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, and, and I do remember in some of my, my classes they did talk about the importance of protection because, again, you know, you're, you're wide open and you want to make sure that you are grounded and that you are not just, you know, pulling information from anywhere, that it, it has to be specifically for the person that you are doing the reading for. 
Well, that is very good to hear you say that because I, I do know that I have come from a place of looking at things just flat out from a place of fearful caution and no, I should not do that because it will open me up to evil or, you know, I'm saying there again, I grew up in the 80s where there were lots of horror movies about like the Ouija board and people conjuring or calling into the spirit realm and coming back with a terrible horror experience that usually ended with somebody decapitated or dead. So I, you know, when I, I listen to that, but I always try when people say, you know, I'll say, oh, well, let me do a card ring for this. Oh, honey, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't want to hear anything I don't want to hear and I don't want to connect anything I don't want to connect. So I I understand that fear because I've come from it, but I try to explain things in a way that we really do have authority in how we speak and our intention to like as you're saying, you you call in the energy that you wish to have come through and that in and of itself sets a boundary because we have the authority to do so being sovereign beings. Mm-hmm. And so to to a person who is worried, like, well, how do I know that you're really getting connected with Archangel Raphael as the gatekeeper? How do I know that what you're going to tell me is really of love and light? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they will find that out as I go, you know, begin the reading. That they'll realize that okay, yeah, this is making sense for me. And um, the other thing I'd like to mention is I also make a point of telling the person that no divination tool is going to be a hundred percent accurate all of the time. We have free will. So, uh, and I tell them, you know, I say, okay, this is this is what's coming up now. This is the energy now. But you have free will, so it, it's, there's not a hundred percent guarantee that this outcome that we talked about is actually going to happen. And I find that especially helpful if um, a sort of negative card comes up, because sometimes those kind of scare people, and they say, "Oh, brother." And I'll say, "Well, no, you know, you have, you can, you know, if you see yourself getting into a fear-based thought pattern and you start worrying, you don't want to go down that path. So if you monitor your thoughts and you change those thoughts to something positive, then you can totally avert." Of this, this three of swords, for example, feelings of sadness, disappointment, loneliness, worry, doubt, so forth. And um, so I do try to encourage them to, just because it says this is, gonna, this is what is in the, quote, in the cars, it doesn't mean that that is actually going to happen. Because we have free will, and I think that's an extremely important point to make sure people understand. And so if a person says, well, I don't want to know my future, uh, so t- tarot is really you're kind of opening the lid and checking on the energy surrounding the person at that present moment, and is that's what, how I understand tarot is mm-hmm. that our energy is is emitting at all times and it just kind of mm-hmm. is like a checking the time on the clock when you do a tarot reading you're seeing what time it presently is. Yeah, well, that's that's true. That's a good description. But the thing to remember is that the cards also just give a probable outcome. 
you know, that it's a pop. There's all there's infinite possibilities about what can happen, and the cards are just saying this is one outcome. This is where things tend to be headed at this point in time. That's where the energy is. But again, you know, a prediction, you know, does just because it's saying the cards are saying that. It doesn't necessarily always have to come true. Now, if it's something good, of course, the person wants it to happen. Um, you know, and I'm real happy when, for example, I'll get the major arcana card, the sun. That's one of the most beautiful cards in the deck because that's all about, you know, good qualities, love, excitement, joy, happiness, rewards, success. So, uh, you know, it did. But I just want people to understand that, that there, like any tool, there are limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, Joelle the Vibrarian, and I'm having a very engaging conversation with Kathleen Robinson of KCR Counseling. Uh, we are live. You can call in at 646-668-8988. Uh, if you have a question during the show, feel free to press 1, and I'll bring you in. Um, we will be having the reading portion at the end of the show, and we do have a couple callers that are waiting for that time. So I appreciate you tuning in for this portion of the show this evening. And we are on our Facebook community um, at The Vibrarian, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N, and you're welcome to join us, and we do take questions off of our Facebook page. Now, Kathleen, every week you have been sharing with our Facebook community a Monday message, and so would you describe a little bit about your Monday message and how you go about providing it? Okay, well, I just, um, you know, I shuffle the cards, and then I just randomly pick one card, and I look at it and see, you know, what, what the meaning is for me, but also for how can I expand that to a whole a group of people. So I always include, you know, an interpretation, but also some kind of uplifting message. Uh, for example, the one for this week had to do with three of coins, and that has to do with following your bliss, doing some work that you truly enjoy or some activity that you just love. And it's important, I think, for people to realize that if you're in a job you don't like right now, you know, then you can find good things about it, but you can also continue to look for some activity, hobby, or work that would make your heart sing, where you'd feel like, yeah, this is wonderful, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, um, and that's the way I felt when I got a hold of the tarot cards and started taking the classes, that I immediately knew that, okay, this is, I want to help people. That's why I was in, you know, counseling and psychology. But when I, when I started learning about the cards, I said, oh my gosh, this is amazing that now I can just go to a whole different realm and help people. So it's the, the Monday messages are something uplifting that will just help you. Just if you just remember that during the week or whatever, it should make things go a little bit easier. Well, I have been tuning in as you send them to me on Sunday to get them prepared for Monday. I found myself waiting to see, okay, what's the energy going to be this week in terms of that? And you know, I do my I use cards as a source of personal um, uh, communication with my guides and angels on a regular basis. 
also having started out reading tarot and then expanding to various oracle decks, you know, of course, based on the images that resonate with me. So I have my own personal practice, but I love receiving external messages because what I find is that your message that you provide often is very parallel to a message that I will hear from another reader. And that, for me, confirms once you, if somebody says it once, it's a a one-off. If it's twice, it's coincidence. Three times, you better pay attention. So (laughs) I I think a couple weeks ago, you had, um, I want to say it was either the Tower Eight of Swords or something similar to where it talked about uh, being trapped um, oh right, but mm-hmm. in your own kind of thing, and I really was in a place where I was spinning my wheels and not able to kind of get over a, a particular hump. And after I read your message, I got another message from somewhere else that kind of talked about it's all in how you're looking at it, change how you're looking at it, and I was able to go ahead and kind of shift myself. And lo and behold, <laughs> I freed myself from the bonds as the card kind of shows that opportunity. And and it kind of clicked for me when I saw that your message was that card. I was like, you know what, this me. <laughs> it's me I'm holding myself <laughs> in this place. So I you know, I for one have appreciated it, you know, uh that you've been sharing. And I know that uh you're you're asking that the message be for the people who will see it. Uh, as part of your intention, whoever they mm-hmm. may be, that, that that is a message for them. And one thing I do tell people when you are getting a reading or if you're going to a psychologist or a therapist and you find yourself not at ease or not resonating over a period of time with the energy that is coming out, then you absolutely go with your guidance system, your inner feeling about it. You don't have to place yourself in an energy that makes you uncomfortable, and you don't have to follow advice from anyone. It's just that advice. And so I think that that's helpful for people to say, well, I have to do such and such because this came up in my tarot card readings and they said that I was going to have a tower and my life was going to fall apart if I don't do such and such. I think that if you have that kind of experience, that should be a flag for you. Mm-hmm. That this is probably yeah. not necessarily the reader for you. Exactly. That's absolutely right. And, you know, like, uh, you know, counselors and therapists don't, they can give, they don't really give advice. They they do what we're doing when we read tarot cards is just saying, all right, giving the person some insights But the bottom line is that if a person is going to change, that person has to come up. It has to be an inner sort of work. You you can't force anybody to change. You can give them, you know, tell them, well, this is what the cards say. But um, I I do not give advice. I I just say, you know, well, this is, well, I, I may suggest that, okay, if somebody is, you know, depressed or in a negative, this negative cycle of thoughts, then I will tell them that, you know, okay, one thing you can do is to pay attention to what you're thinking because a lot of times we don't even realize what is going on unconsciously in our mind. And another thing that I use that people have found helpful, Joelle, is that 
I think it was Abraham Hicks who who he's uh, well. This he has to do. It's a it's a it, Esther Hicks is the channel for Abraham, and it's all about the law of attraction. And um, supposedly, the, they say that when we put a thought out, you know, thoughts are things because everything is mm-hmm. energy. When we put that thought out there, we have 17 seconds to delete it before it becomes part of our reality and if you think about it that is a long time if you're actually paying attention to what you're thinking so so, you know some people have found that very helpful because it reminds them okay just because i thought that all right i can delete it and replace it with something positive a positive affirmation or something that's not negative and that gets them out of that negative cycle so those kind of things i just throw out there you know for them to think about you know use it or not but it's up to them if they're going to actually you know do that that's so interesting i am i am familiar with abraham hicks and esther hicks in a kind of loose way, just like I would say I'm familiar with Eckhart Tolle or Wayne Dyer, but I've not gotten deep into their teachings. But I know several people who faithfully uh, listen to the the broadcast that, of Esther, and uh, and they found it very helpful talking about the vor- their vortex, you know, putting into their energetic vortex that what they want to receive out of their energetic vortex. So I, I think that's really interesting because it's like the third time in less than three weeks that the whole topic of Esther and Abraham Hicks has come up. So I'm sure that mm. I'll be digging into that for a later show because, again, when you hear something multiple times, it's usually a marker that there's – a nugget of gold there for you to dig up, <laughs> you know, when you feel right. like you're trying to go exploring, so to speak. But 17 seconds, you know, most people can send three or four text messages. A teenager can send <laughs> three or four tweets and text messages in 17 seconds, quite frankly. In our rapid communication era, that's not long at all. I mean, you can create a public relations nightmare in 17 seconds if you're a business person. <laughs> but if you're, you're right. not focused, you know, if you're not focused, and, and many of us, I think, we're careless with our words. And so if you say, oh, I am sick, I'm feeling terrible, oh, my gosh, and then you go on to the next thing describing how ill you feel, then in that 17 seconds that you have described yourself, you have further reinforced your reality by what you said, if you follow Mm -hmm. that kind of 17-second rule. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's kind of it's not intimidating, but it's daunting when you think about how many times we casually, without thinking, are speaking things into our existence. Yeah, exactly. So you say, know, it's oh, good well, to I just give, yeah give people reminders. Yeah, absolutely, and to be. Most of what counseling is, even if in traditional or non-traditional, is awareness, helping people to come to deeper awareness of who they are and how they're experiencing life. And I, I think the motto of your practice and your counseling business is grow through insight and getting to the root of the problem. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's really great because most of us, we kind of dwell in a superficial or swim in the shallow end of the pool, but it's not until we meet a challenge that we're forced to examine things a little more deeply. Mm-hmm. Do you get a lot of do you get a lot of crisis calls? Is that mostly when people reach out to you for the first time? Yeah, uh, not yeah. Some yeah. There's always a reason why they want a reading. You know, gen, you know, it has to do with they're having a problem or they feel stuck and they don't know what to do about it, or um, they just now. Sometimes people just come you know, like for they'll come once a year or something just to get an update. But but generally speaking, the people who want readings are, you know, they're not coming there just to have a general reading. You know, they they want some answers or try to try to figure something out based on what the cards are saying. Now, has it been true for you that the most common people problem that people want to find out about is related to love and relationships? That yeah, that is a big one as well as finances and job career. Those are probably the top three. Um, people, some people also are interested want to know about health. You know, that's another one too. But yeah, relationships, money, and job. Those would those would be the three that people mostly are concerned about. And I, I mean that's true in psychology too because I think every time I went to counseling was because. I think I had a breakup that, you know, sent me into depression trying to reconcile my heartbreak and to move through that. (laughs) And I think a period of career change, you know, uh, and struggle with who am I. So I I can fit the checklist in both both modes, both the traditional Mm -hmm. and esoteric. (laughs) And that, again, speaks to the commonness of the things that we all struggle with. You know, everybody yeah. struggles with high emotions, and everybody struggles with uh, uh, what should I do, who am I professionally, and where are my skills, and how can I make money, especially if a person is experiencing joblessness. Now, I do have a caller on hold that has asked to come on the line. Let me see if I can bring you in. Hello, caller. Who am I speaking with? Hello. My name is Trish. How are you? Hi, Trish. I'm wonderful. Thank you for calling in this evening. Did you have a question or were you calling in for a reading? Well, I was calling in for a mini reading, um, but I also had a question. Is that okay? Yes, we'll take the question now, and the readings won't happen for about another 30 minutes, so I will place you back on hold to be in the queue for that uh, after your question. Mom, my question is how do you balance um, and, and I didn't hear the beginning of the show, so I was just curious. How do you balance between how, what you're trained in as a, you know, in psychology versus what spirit is telling you? Don't they sometimes interfere or counteract each other? Well, no. Actually, they complement each other because the counseling really, to me, is just, you know, helping people by, you know, listening, paying attention, you know, using your 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 skills, what you've learned, and then you couple that with the reading of the cards, which are very similar because the interpretations of the cards relate to a counseling. And um, what I said earlier, Trish, was that when I was a regular counselor, I felt I was operating at a certain level. 
But then when I counsel with the cards, I feel like I'm at a higher level, a higher level of consciousness because I'm drawing in more information from a, a realm that, you know, it's a, what Carl Jung calls the collective unconscious, you know, just where, where everybody's thoughts are. And when you, when you draw the cards, uh, he, he referred to it as synchronicity, where it just so happens, according to this process, that the cards you draw as the reader do relate to the person's question. So the two are really kind of joined together, if you, you know, to answer your question. I guess I was wondering if they, uh, if your your counselor brain tells you to go one path and your cards tell you to do another, what what do you rely on? Oh well, that that hasn't really happened with me because uh, I I just really rely mostly on the cards that I trust them enough to know that what is coming through is for that person's highest and best good, and I'm getting valid information for them. And um, what happens sometimes is that, you know, I'll lay out some cards and talk about them, and then I'll say, you know, do you want clarification on any of these? And I can always pull a clarification card. But just, you know, almost every single time, the, the, the counseling is coming through because I am helping the person answer the question, give insights, do, you know, whatever it takes to make sure that they feel like, okay, that makes sense to me, that I can, I can work with that. Got it. And then how does the shamanic journey, journeying play into this? Because I would imagine it would be hard, or could, do you do that on the phone as well? Oh, gosh, no, that, they are two separate things. Yeah, um, I took a shaman course, and um, I do go to uh, shaman monthly healing circles, and um, that has to do, that's a whole thing about healing, but at the, the end of the healing circles, we do journeying where somebody drums and people from the audience can um, select a, a, one of the shamans to journey with, so then we're working one-on-one with a person, and the person does ask a question, just like with tarot. But the difference is that I do not have my cards there, so I am having to draw more on my intuitive and psychic ability, actually, when I'm journeying. But, yeah, that is completely, not completely, but it is a different procedure from when I'm reading cards. Got it. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to answer that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your question, Trish, and I will put you back in the queue and we'll bring you back on. Uh, you'll be the second caller because I do have someone who's been waiting for a reading first, but uh, I'll have you on in about half an hour. Thank you. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you, Kathleen. That was very interesting. One thing that I have learned is that when you're providing intuitive guidance, it's not you giving your opinion about a person's situation. Just like in therapy, the therapist is not giving you them. They're giving you the, the tools of psychology based on established practices and and understandings. And when you're providing then intuitive guidance, you are trusting in the higher wisdom 
not your own. Um, like, well, Kathleen knows best. You're stepping kind of out of the way and becoming a conduit for the angelic guidance of that person to be telling them what they need to know that is most helpful in that moment. Yeah, that is absolutely correct, Joelle. And that's why I think it's so important at the beginning of a reading that that you know, I connect with that, my guides connect with that person's guides because they, you know, it's, it's all, and then it becomes almost like I feel like I'm channeling, you know, that, like you said, that it's not my thoughts that are coming through. It's, it is my interpretation of the cards, but I am interpreting them according to what the person has asked and what the person needs to know according to what's coming through on the card. So it is, you know, the, you know, the source is the person's higher self and the person's guides and angels. I think it's so interesting because, like you, I learned tarot, and then I would, you know, practice with my friends, and we would have little card parties reading for each other. But we kind of reached a point then, like just the other day, one of my best friends, she said, well, I need a reading, but I don't want you to do it because you know too much about my situation. <laughs> because I thought we found that the intimate knowledge of things, it is harder to remove one's self from like Joelle's idea of what she should do and how this card is interpreted. It kind of does become blurred. And so that mm-hmm. neutral, when a person who's a complete stranger or just casually connected to you and doesn't know your mama's name and your, you know, your, you know the, the bones in your past and the skeletons in your closet, when there is a neutral person who then hits the nail on the head of one of your issues and you really feel that resonance, it almost makes it so where you, you can trust the advice more because you know it has been depersonalized. Yeah, exactly. It's not contaminated by any personal knowledge. You're absolutely right. Uh huh. I think that's one of the things that people worry about is the contamination. That was a great word when you said it. You want to make sure that, you know, if I'm trusting this person, that they don't have any personal biases that are coming into play, uh, you know, that – and you can kind of glean that even in therapy because, you know, I've been to therapists that are very much were Christian-based counseling. So because that was advertised and part of their principles, I understood that the perspective that I was going to be receiving with the counselor was going to be based on certain principles. And at other times I moved myself to different psychological therapy practices that did not have that label. And I found that the guidance was more neutral to me in that moment, which is what I was needing. But at the time that I went to the Christian counselor, I, I, I needed that particular perspective. But understanding kind of a bi- an implicit bias that might exist in a system it's kind of important for people. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I I do, you know, readings for family and sometimes they're not exactly accurate because I've let again, you know, there's too much of my person my my uh, personal bias coming in. So, uh like you were saying when you're reading for a stranger, then you can be completely neutral because you know pretty much nothing about them and and that is an advantage. 
Now, when you um, are talking about your services, you have your readings, which are, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or however long it works, but that would not necessarily be considered um, counseling in, in the traditional sense. But you do offer counseling in terms of repetitive working sessions for your clients? Well, I do have some people who come to me on a fairly regular basis, but again, yeah, I would not call that counseling. Yeah, I would call that tarot reading. You know, and okay. but t- counseling is a part of it. But um, you know, I don't. I want to make sure people know yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I am a counselor and I have that background, but at the same time, I am looking at the cards just as any other reader would. You know, of course, giving my interpretation which is, you know, could be different from somebody else's. But, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I noticed that you offer is called an Igniting Your Fire, Igniting Your Fire Counseling Program. So w- would you describe this program and the time involved for the person who's interested in undergoing it and what the purpose of this kind of, of session-based work is? Okay, well, this this program, I just recently developed it, and um, the purpose of it is to help people who feel like they're stuck, they don't know what direction to go in, they feel like they're in a rut, um, they're just confused, they, they just don't know. And so this program, I feel like I am on a, more, on a more regular basis actually using some of the counseling in addition to the reading of the cards because it consists of three sessions. And that is good because it allows me to, um, you know, tell people, you know, do the readings and see what comes up. And then we talk about the problem. And then I give the person homework to do, such as journaling, because I feel like when I use this program, I am more of, of a facilitator than just a reader or a counselor. I am actually helping the person come up with his or her own answers. Because as I said earlier, you know, we we all have the answers within us if we just take the time to figure it out. And sometimes we're unable to do that without help. So by me acting as a coach or a facilitator for clients, I'm able to help them come to their own conclusions in a way that makes sense to them. So the, then, and then the three sessions allow me to follow up with them to see, well, you know, what what insights did you come up with on your own? And that works out beautifully. And I think three sessions is ideal because that way it gives them a chance to kind of figure things out, to do, you know, what their homework is or their home study is that I've given them to do. So they're feeling like they are really part of the process, and it's not just me saying, well, you know, you could do this, I think you should do this and this. They are discovering things on their own, and I'm just kind of helping them along the road. And is this then something that is done in person or on the phone or video? Is it a a group thing that you facilitate, or is it very much individual? Oh, yeah, it's very much individual, and um, I prefer doing it in person, but I have done some sessions with um, FaceTime, which is similar. You know, I, I consider that the same as um, Skype, except maybe on a lower level. But that has worked okay, you know, because you have that face-to-face communication. 
Um, and I would prefer that. I could do it over the phone without that, but I, I do think it may it might be a little bit more challenging. And um, I don't know, I just think the person would get more out of it if we could have a face-to-face contact. And something about being able to see those nonverbal cues and mm-hmm. uh, and things, I think it kind of gets deeper into the heart of the matter. And then also, I, you know, I love face-to-face or, or video because it's more intimate. And if you're mm-hmm. going to be dealing with my deepest challenges and struggles, then, of course, I, I want that to be as, as trusting as possible. <laughs> yeah, <personally>. exactly. <laughs> so the igniting your fire, how how many how many hours does something like this encompass? You mentioned three different sessions. What would be the total time also offline and then then conversation time? Well, the conversation time would be about 2 hours when I meet with the person. And then, that, like, I, I do recommend that they journal. They have to choose what they want to do, but journaling is one of them. And that really, it's like, you know, where you're just, it's like, you know, um, stream of consciousness. You know, I tell them just write anything that you're feeling as what's going through your head. And then after a period of time, after a week, say, go back and see if you can see any threads that are similar and if they don't, well, then, you know, we'll just take it from there. And I also like them to put, pill, uh, pull a card a day from if they don't have a um, – it could be an oracle card, tarot, uh, just any kind of card that resonates with them, and I can lend them a deck if they don't have one. And that one um, – that has also – will allow them to kind of say, okay, well, what does this card mean to me? Even if they, and I tell them, I say, you don't need to know what that card means necessarily. What is it telling you? How is it talking to you? Because that's going to be part of your insight process to figure out what is going on with you and how can you make a breakthrough to get over this feeling of being stuck. That's very interesting that you have your your people get a a deck because you know again the my motto for this show is that everyone is psychic and there is this whole mm-hmm. wealth of information available available to us from our higher selves and our angelic team and guidance that Sometimes we're getting those messages, but it can happen a lot more clearly once you get the language together between you and your team. And I mm-hmm. think that oracle cards, e- even if tarot is a bit intensive for or intimidating, I tell everybody, go get you an oracle card deck. Now, oracle card decks are generally smaller in number, around the 40 to 50 card range. And the creators of the decks, provide a book of interpretive um, information for each card based on their intention when they created the artwork. And you'll find that it resonates a lot with kind of tarot imagery, but it's not tied to understanding the system. And like you said, sometimes just seeing the the way the artist has has presented something with maybe a sunflower or a starfish, and you'll say, oh, my gosh, I always loved starfishes. And that's not a coincidence because that message came through for you with that starfish on purpose. 
so that it would validate for you internally uh, because your your guys and angels know who you are and what is going to reach you and help you see what is true. But, they, you know, having an oracle deck on hand for personal use and development, I absolutely advise people you can order off Amazon and you can find decks for less than $20. And it literally is seeing what box cover and card, card examples uh, what resonates with you? Because if you if you get a hit and say, "Oh, oh, I like that," let me look at these. Then that's good. that's usually what happens, which is why I have twenty something decks because I'm like, "Oh, look at that card," you know. But what what I found is that at different phases in my life, I've worked with a specific oral de- oracle deck and then moved on. And when I've been presented then with another challenge, another deck has kind of come into my world to to help me at that time with very different energy, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So a single deck, just start with that and, and go from there to, to do some personal work. You don't necessarily have to go to anyone external for yeah. advice of any kind. Yeah, exactly. And you know, most of the tarot decks too, they have they will have a little booklet that includes, you know, interpretations or, you know, the a description of the card or whatever. So it's not like you're going blind into it blind, you know, you can at least have something to start off with. Now, do you read in terms of tarot, it's very much a a very it's a known system. When you say tarot, then it kind of keys into a certain thing. Rider weight, of course, is one of the most popular traditional type of things. Do you, do you read the, uh, I don't know, I hear different pronunciations, so callers and listeners, please correct me if I butcher this, but the Toth deck or the Tohuti deck, T-H-O-T-H, it is also a system of tarot, but it's slightly different uh, in terms of how the court cards are presented and how the the story is told. Do do you use uh, the Toth system at all? No, I don't. I did look at those cards, and to be honest, I they just did not resonate with me at all. They they were just very confusing. So I said, no, I don't think this deck is for me. So that's again why it's important for you to find a deck that you really connect with. I think that is going to be the key for anybody who wants to, you know, really use the cards, whether you're reading for yourself or other people. But I think that is extremely important. And when I started out, I, I wasn't even aware of that. You know, the the rider weight was, the, the like, like you said, you know, everybody knows about that, and, and people start off, you know, beginning classes with that. And um, it took me a while to realize, that, okay, oh, well, I don't have to stick with these. You know, I can find some other deck, and I did. Mm-hmm. Now, also, I'm, I, I'm familiar with the Lenormand deck, but Lenormand mm-hmm. has, a, again, a very different system of arriving at your story. I've seen, I think, 36 cards in a Lenormand spread and how each card is interpreted depends on where it is in relationship diagonally, horizontally. I mean, to me, it's rather complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you also, have you encountered Lenormand? 
Well, I have, and um, I do a, a daily reading, on, and I post it on Facebook with the Lenormand cards, but I just pick three because I'm I'm really not that familiar with the whole process. Like the tableau is where you lay out all 36 cards, and just like you were saying, uh, you know, you have to look at the look at the position of the card. You know, if it's you know what, what's vertical, what's horizontal, what's diagonal, and um, I, I don't know. I just have not taken the time to learn the whole thing. But the neat thing about Lenormand is that if you just want a quick answer on the surface, um, that that Lenormand works. Whereas with tarot, you're getting you you'll still get an answer, but it's more in depth. It's more psychological. It's more insightful. So depending upon what your intention is, what do you want to get from the deck? You you may want to explore Lenormand if you're more interested in just strictly a prediction or just tell me like it is and let me move on. Versus tarot, where it gets deeper. Hmm. I, I have to kind of pull myself back because I'm one of those lifelong learners. I could study stuff all day just for studying and acquiring the knowledge of actually what it is, but then not doing. So, I, you know, I've, I've kind of pushed back from looking at the Lenormand system, and I've mm-hmm. gone a little bit into this whole sec, but that opens up the whole subject of the Kabbalah and, you know, the Sifiros and all of that, because you have to kind of have an understanding of how Crowley came up with the images that is very much based on that esoteric knowledge. And again, it got a little too intense for me because I didn't have as much time. It's like if I could go to college and take full-time 15, 16 hours a semester of, you know, card <laughs> decks and divination systems, that would be ideal. You know, I could study right, this right. all day, but then that, that doesn't help me actually do and become employed and all of those things. So I have to right. kind of pull back like any good subject where I could follow down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> now, this um, for people who want to contact you for to find out more about the igniting your fire or for a monthly reading or a, a quick reading. I will say that um, we we have from the vibrarian the vibrate elevation station events, which are pop ups. Uh, fair vendor expos that happen in the Atlanta metro area. The last few have happened down in East Point, Georgia. On Usually it's been around the third Sunday of the month. Uh, I don't think there will be another one until June, but if you join the Vibrarian Facebook community, um, you can find the announcements about events such as the Elevation Station. And Kathleen, I believe you have told me that you will be available for the next one in June. So people yeah. are certainly welcome to come see you during one of our Elevation Station events. But outside of that, how can people contact you? Okay, well, they can go to my website, uh, kcrcounseling.com, and all the information is there, my phone number, um, you know, the, uh, a description of the services that I offer, a description of my new Ignite Your Fire program. So it's all there on my website. And also I have a Facebook business page, too, KCR Counseling. 
And as you're looking through the search results on Facebook, because I've done this, you'll just look for the smiling lady with the pretty blue shirt and I believe <laughs> blue eyes, because it always comes up with your business. And I'm like, oh, there's KCR, because I think there's actually a couple other KCR accounts that come up when it's scrolling and Facebook is trying to find you. But uh, oh. you have a vibrant... <laughs> Vibrant blue shirt on, uh, you know, and, uh, again, the pleasing smile and pleasant face. You're quite a a wonderful person, and I found my sessions with you to be very easy and breezy and just real positive energy. (laughs) So I Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we're getting ready to get to the point of our program where we are going to um, open the phone lines, and you have agreed to provide many readings for people. So would you uh, get our number 646-668-8988 if you would like to come on to receive or receiving just plus uh, the one key. I do have a couple callers who've been holding and listening this evening, and I will be getting to you shortly. But Kathleen, would you please describe what uh, what you will be doing this evening? Okay, um, for each person, um, they can either, you, you know, we, if they don't have a specific question, then I can just pull three cards and just see what comes up. If they have a specific question, I'll pull three cards again randomly and um, just turn them over one at a time, tell, identify what the card is, and tell them what I am getting as far as, you know, the interpretation and um, then see if that is making sense to them or resonates with them. And if I need to pull a clarifying card, I will. And then I'll do that for each of the other two cards. So these will be three-card readings. Okay. And a clarifying card then adds deeper insight to the initial message, and that comes from the from the guidance then as well. Yeah, correct. Uh-huh. And so the deck that you use, like your your favorite deck, I'm sure you have more than one, but could you share a little bit about it and, and why you use it? Yeah, it's called Legacy of the Divine, and I just I don't, the the cards are absolutely beautiful. The um, artist is Ciro Marchetti, and um, he, he the, I, I just they're just very colorful and descriptive, and um, they just. The, the the images on here, I just look at the image and I immediately know, oh yeah, well okay, that's that card, that's what that this card is saying this, and so they just you know they, I just have a very strong connection to them and I just love them, and this is my main uh, deck. You know I have tried other decks, but I don't have the same resonance with others as I do with Legacy of the Divine. I have seen these cards before, and I I think they're vibrant, but like you said, it's very personal as to what resonates to you because I've passed them over many times because uh, just the presentation, while, I, while it was beautiful, and the artist that uh, Ciro Marchetti, he's got several other decks that he is the artist behind, and you can kind of see them 
they look very similar <laughs> in in mm-hmm. artistic way, but I don't have that same kind of mm, that you do. So, but I I've had great readings from people who use that deck, and certainly I will say the colors and and all of that really are quite vibrant. And if you are looking for a resource to find out about different decks, I would definitely refer our listeners to Eclectic Tarot, and that is A-E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C dot net. And they have tarot card reviews and tarot card pictures so you can kind of see what the cards will look like before you purchase them. And they have hundreds and hundreds of decks listed and reviewed. And every time a new deck comes out uh, with a new artist, they're generally the first ones that have it up there. And then people who use the decks will provide reviews and about their experience both as professional and readers and personal readers. So I found it to be a very, very helpful website, and I would definitely encourage you to click over there if you want to do a little background research before purchasing a deck of your own. Are you familiar? Have you looked at Eclectic Tarot before? No, I have not even heard of that. Um, so that's good information to know. Absolutely. I will be posting the link to your deck as well as the site on our Facebook page at the conclusion of the show. Um, I always love it because Amazon does a pretty good job of showing you, but sometimes you really want to see what the cards look like, and they might only give you one or two images to kind of show you how big the deck would be in your hand, but you don't Mm -hmm. get a sense of the artistry. And on Eclectic Tarot, uh, you know, at this particular moment, I'm looking at at least 10 different cards from the deck that are right there for you to look at in glorious detail. (laughs) And, of course, that deck has five stars. It has five-star ratings from the community of people who have reviewed it. So you're not the only person who thinks it's a a great uh, and beautiful deck to use. (laughs) Yeah, well, good. (laughs) We have a couple callers on the air, and I'm going to start with our first caller, caller ending in 2301. Uh, Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Who am I speaking with? Hi, good evening. My name is Julia. Hi, Julia. Julia. Thank you for calling and listening in this evening. You've been waiting patiently uh, since the beginning of the (laughs) show. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And so you have a question that you would like a reading about this evening. Yes, please. Um, I'm looking to relocate, which, you know, is a simple word, relocation. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, trying to find the town I want to move to and, you know, then finding a place to live and finding employment. So it's kind of, you know, a a big process. So I was hoping for some guidance around that relocating. Okay. So, um, so Julia, your your question is just what, what information will come through about you relocating? Yes. Okay. All right, I'll put I'm pulling three cards. All right, the first one coming up is the Queen of of Coins, 
And this could this is probably your energy or maybe a part of your energy, but the Queen of Coins is somebody who is very successful at manifesting what she wants in the physical material world. This is in this deck it's it's coins but it could also be pentacles. And this card is showing her third eye showing uh, shining. So she's very intuitive and psychic and she has the ability to surround herself with abundance in whatever she decides she wants to obtain. So another thing about her is that she's a very kind person. I like to think of her as the hostess with the mostest, that if you go to her house, she'll say, oh, is there something I can get for you? Are you doing okay? Are you comfortable? So, But for you, for your question, I feel like this queen of coins energy is very important for you because you can pretty much, you are very, do you feel like you are powerful and intuitive? Um. I think the, just I've kind of stifled so much about myself over the years that I'm trying to get that back. I was married for like 31 years, and then I divorced. So I'm kind of starting over at 55, and it's just, you know, it's a little daunting to, to you know, reboot your life halfway mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like your guides are saying, Julia, you have to trust yourself. You're very powerful, and once you decide whatever you want to do, you can go for it. Uh, The next card coming up is the Hanging Man. So this card has to do with you. They want you to take a step back and see if you could change your perspective about moving. Whatever is going on with you right now, look at the reason. Um, Look and say, all right, is there something that I'm missing here? Am I seeing something with with my eyes closed? Am I not seeing something? So they want you to just look at it from a different vantage point, a different perspective, and maybe see if that changes your, your, your decision about where you want to move. Like, have you thought about a particular area yet? Yes. Um, I'm really drawn to be by the water. I live in Florida, but I live, like, in central Florida, and I, I want to move closer to the water just because it's so peaceful and tranquil for me. And that's kind of what I want is just that, ah, you know, just happy to be here kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so do you, then you feel like you want to escape to get away from something or just have a change of scenery where you feel calmer? Um, maybe a little of both, actually. Um, I'm living with my mom now and... You know, as an adult living with your mom again has its own unique challenges. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, well, they're just saying make sure that that you find a place that resonates with you and that you are seeing things from a different viewpoint that make sure, in other words, make sure you're moving for the right reasons, and that will make things go a lot easier. And then the last one here is the high priestess, And, again, this one is saying that you are very psychic and intuitive. So we've got two cards here showing here, Julia, that are saying that are attesting to your high-level ability. And um, because you've kind of not paid attention to it or you've let it go dormant, the message here is that now it's time for you to recognize that you have these gifts and use them to your advantage and listen to your inner voice, to your heart of hearts, 
about where would be the best place for you to move because only you really know that. You know, people can give you suggestions, but it, and the bottom line is that you're going to have to make your own choice. And, again, so couple that with make sure that you're stepping outside the box. You're not in a routine. You haven't just said, all right, this is what I want to do because this is what I think I want. And the hanging man is saying maybe there could be another avenue for you to look at besides that. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay? Okay. Okay, I could only do, I, I wish I had time for more, but this is, in a nutshell, I think the bottom line, what they're saying you to do is to trust yourself, you know what you want, and just go with it. Okay, that's, that's very good. Thank you. And as far as the decks, I, I use the Doreen Virtues Angel Tarot. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I just, Those are beautiful, that's too. Like, yeah, that's that's been my kind of go-to. But again, with the the not trusting myself, or you know, feeling like I wonder if I'm just making it up, or oh so that's, yeah, that's, that's my big lesson now is to learn to trust myself again. Yeah, and 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 with this move, that's going to be especially important. So um, make sure that you work through that, and uh, things should work out for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate, you know, the the reading, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you, Julia. <laughs> All right, well, I thank you okay. as well. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. That's very interesting uh, that those cars came out, and as I'm listening to you, I, you know, I feel like there's messages for me as well <laughs> uh, to trust yourself. You know, I mean, that's the beautiful part about uh, readings and and the insight and the guidance is that at any given time, we are all in the same boat of questioning something and second-guessing ourselves or feeling uncertain so that that know thyself and trust yourself mm-hmm. is a great thing to be reminded of. So I'm glad to yeah. be able to listen in, too. And thank you for allowing your reading to happen in public space for our listening audience. And I certainly can relate to the call of the ocean and the water. I, you know, I have mermaid lifetimes in my history, and uh, and I never lived on the water, but for some reason it called to me. And I think that if you follow that call of your soul, there's a reason for it, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. we can be like, well, discount the reasons behind something, but there's a reason that we have these kind of nudges, <laughs> you know, like, who doesn't right. want to live on the beach? I mean, really, what can be bad about that? <laughs> I mean, right. I that's pretty much like a paradise. So, okay, and I do have another caller that we're going to be ready to bring on the line here, and I believe you're calling in on our Skype line this evening. So who am I speaking with? Is this Trisha? Oh, am I? Hello? Well, I think we'll have to try and come back. I know she's been holding quite some time. We spoke with her briefly earlier with her question. I'll check back in in just a moment to see if we can pull her on the line. Is Trisha, are you there? Okay. 
Uh, caller ending in 6323, you're on the Psychic Inside Show. This is uh, Joelle, and you're speaking with Kathleen Robinson. Did you have a question this evening? Um, just my quick question is, as you, for me as a person coming out of a religi- religious structure into a more open forum as far as my spirituality have you found that a lot of people have a little bit of resistance that they have to still work through in order to kind of release themselves from a certain type of thinking? And then also being that you have gifts, understanding that the gifts are not tied to particularly the worship Yeah, well, to answer your first question, um, I found my experience has been that people who come for readings that they, if they had had an issue with the religious aspect of it, they have come to terms with that because if they were still questioning, oh, well, I don't know if this is going to be good for me, then they most probably would not come for a reading. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, what I guess I'm looking at those who are still like, you know, you're ready to, to take that leap and you see the the fruit of it. But, you know, in a relig- religious infrastructure, it's so like, you know, this is bad, this is what you shouldn't be doing, different things like that. And for those who have used their gifts in one setting and then to come into something that is, not too much different, but just having to step outside that box. Yeah, right. They, that's true. They do have to do that. And um, I, I think that if, if they have a problem with it, then that's something that, you know, they'll just have to to uh, figure out for themselves. But actually the, a reading would not step on their toe, their religious toes, so to speak. You know, the, the cards are spiritual, and um and they're they're universal, you know, they would relate to everybody. So um the religion I haven't personally I've not found that to be a problem or an issue when I've been doing readings for people. Okay, now that was really um you know, really a lightning on my spirit to hear that the connection is still there. It is not oh, like yeah. you're you know, you're not stepping outside, but this is just a another venue to be able to connect to Most High. Yeah, exactly. That's a wonderful way of looking at it. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, I thank you're you welcome. for your comment this evening. Thank you. Um, I was able to pull back the caller. Uh, she called back in that had been holding to get the reading. So um, I'll be pulling her on the line here and as we speak. Hello, is this Trisha? It is. Trish? Thank you. Okay, Hi, yeah, Trish. thank you so much for calling back and for being so patient. So okay, what is your question for Kathleen this evening? Hi Kathleen. My question Hi, is I've been trying to um move into a new home and have run into some unexpected delays and wondering if kind of the light at the end of the tunnel has now arrived. Okay. All right, let's see. I'm pulling three cards. 
All right, the first one is the Four of Cups. And this one has to do with um, the idea of daydreaming about something versus taking action steps to make it happen. So I'm just wondering if... Are you? Is there any reason why you would be uh, put up blocks about not necessarily fear, but are you sure that you are ready for this move? Yeah, yeah. It's been um, quite an ordeal, but I've been uh, doing. I've been in this process for five years. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So and and so it, and it's the house that you want. I mean, obviously. Right. Okay. So this well, this card is saying that that um, it's going to be important for you to take make sure that you're doing everything you can to move the process along. Along, is it the other party who's causing the holdup, or is it something that you're not quite doing? It's the other party. Okay. Um, all right. Let me keep going here, and I can come back and do a clarifying on that one. Um, the, all right, the next one coming up is the Ten of Cups, and this one has to do with feeling very comfortable at home, secure and safe in your home. I mean, this is a beautiful card. So is the, all right, is the person or the, the other party, do you feel like that maybe they are reluctant to give up the house, the home, for some reason? No, the other party is a neighbor who's who spent his whole life trying to prevent anyone from moving into the spot. Well, do you? Uh, gosh, is that? Do you know why that is? Um, it's just entitlement. Uh, it's been okay. it was a vacant vacant property for years, and they got used to it, it being vacant. Mm-hmm. And and for the Ten of Cups, Trish is saying that for some reason. They they feel like you know, just holding on to it makes them feel more secure and safe, for whatever right. reason. But uh, they are not they're not quite ready to give it up. Um, all right, the last one coming up is the lovers card. So now this could relate to either a, a romantic um, partnership or a business partnership. So is it just you? Will you be moving into the home with somebody else? No, I'm moving in, but I may sell a portion. I may make it a condo and sell a portion. Oh, okay. So you may end up having a business partner? Right. Okay, so that's what this is saying. So the main all right, the, the what I keep getting, let me put, I'm going to pull a clarifying on this four cups real quick. Um and this what's is coming up is the 9 of wands and this is the card that has to do with just you, you what you you've done as much as you can possibly do. So now what you can what you need to do is just surrender and turn it over to the universe and say whatever will be will be. But the four of cups is saying that think very carefully is are there some action steps that you can take to move the situation forward? For example, um just visualizing yourself owning the property or doing something pos- you know that's that's uh that's that's positive that will actually get things going as opposed to just putting up with the status quo but if this people these people have held on to it for that long and they feel comfortable with it that is going to be you know a challenge are you doing anything have you talked to them at all and tried to persuade them i've done all that 
they've rejected every single conversation. Wow. So, but you're not giving up. No, I've invested too much time and money. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I'm just going to pull another one here real quickly. Um, the last card coming up is the justice card. So this is the card about being fair and just and bringing balance into your life. So do you do you obsess with this a lot? Do you feel like, oh, gosh, you know, I just got to have that property, and it's like, you know, it, it's foremost in your mind a lot of times? Well, it's it's definitely foremost in my mind, and it's foremost in my mind because it's been such a long journey. I just want it to get to completion, and the justice mm-hmm. is about the complaints that were filed were fraudulent, and even though it's common knowledge they were fraudulent, most people just seem to ignore that. Most people mean, meaning the authorities? Right. Yeah, so that well this is a tough situation and uh the only thing I can encourage you to do is just to, if you just I mean do you um do you send positive do you believe in you know the prayer in in positive affirmations and putting out positive energy like basically the law of attraction work? Yeah, I mean I've been doing that for quite some time. It hasn't really seemed to do much. Okay, so what what I'm picking up is that there may there there's always a reason for everything and there may be some reason why this was not meant to be. Maybe in the long run that your idea would not pan out. I mean, it could be a number of things, but I again, I keep going back to this 10 of cups because these people, they are there's a re, again, you know, they're holding on to it for for their own personal satisfaction and I, you know, if they've held on this long, I just feel like they're going to continue to do so. So have you, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with you continuing to pursue it, but do you, have you looked at options, maybe another opportunity, or are you really set on this one? I'm already in the, the there's already been too much money expended that I can't, I can't walk away. Oh, I see, I see. Um, all right, let me, very quickly, let me just do another one. The Queen of Wands, all right. This relate this probably relates to you. The Queen of Wands is somebody who's very self confident, very much uh action oriented. She knows what she wants, she goes after it and she gets it. So your guys are telling you, Okay, Trish, it's gonna be important for you to to start using your Queen of Wands energy and do what you can within your realm of ability and responsibility to try to move this forward and have faith and trust in yourself that it is gonna work out. Because you you know, you've invested money, you have a, a business plan in motion, um, you know, your the the fairness issue, you wanna be fair to yourself and you don't wanna overdo things, but at the same time you have to be realistic. So, um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is that continue to pursue it, but if it's out of your control, there's going to come a point when you're going to have to surrender, turn it over to the universe and say whatever will be will be and continue to, you know, pray on it, you know, send positive energy, visualize it, but um, and then trust your own self self-confidence. Okay. Okay, that may not be very helpful, but at this point, this is this is what the cards are saying. Just keep just keep going as much as you can, realizing 
that 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 there is a big part of this that is out of your control for whatever reason and maybe it be helpful if you can see all right what lesson am i supposed to be learning here patience of course could be one and there may be some others trish so uh if you meditate you know ask your guides for help in trying to figure this out instead of getting frustrated about it even though i know it's very tough for you right now right right Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Okay, well, you're welcome, Trish. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate right, you bye-bye. being on with the show so long this evening and tuning in and for your question, and thank you so much. And I do hope the situation works out for your good. Okay, thank you. Okay, Kathleen, so we do have another caller on the line uh, for uh, caller 7127. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. (laughs) And who are we speaking with this evening? This is Kim from Atlanta. (laughs) Hey, Kim from Atlanta. (laughs) Hi. You have a do you have a question this evening for Kathleen? Actually, yes, I do, Miss Kathleen. All right. Hi, uh, Kim. Just, <laughs> hi. <laughs> uh, just to give like many, many little, little background, I had a situation come up over the weekend where there's someone who has made a little bit of a reentry from like 30 years ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. I would just like to get an idea of what Spirit says about, yeah, that. Okay. Um, well, can you can you be a little more specific here? Yeah, I can. He, uh, we dated a long time ago, and he is interested in dating again, and he's actually inquiring as to even having me relocate, et cetera, et cetera. So. Oh. I'm uh, kind of up in the – I'd already been thinking about making some transitions, as it were, to begin with. So I'm not sure if this is another kind of helpful push to say, yes, you should be moving out to – moving into new spaces to begin with, or if this is more of a just kind of a – I don't know. All right, so your question – is your question should you move or is it what will be the outcome a possible outcome of this if this relationship moves forward? That would probably be the better question for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. All right, the first card coming up, Kim, is the Queen of Swords. So this is either your energy or a part of your energy, but the Queen of Swords is somebody uh, where the truth is very important to her, um, she takes her sword and she cuts through all the BS and gets through to the heart of the issue, and she doesn't suffer fools easily. You know, if she's uh, somebody's talking to her and they keep going on and on and on, she's the kind of person who will say, look, I'm busy, I have something to do, tell me what you need to tell me and let me move on. So she's, all, mm-hmm. she's very businesslike, she's very uh, assertive, um, you know, very, very self-confident, and she has... She could have a little bit of abrasive edge to her, but the bottom line is that she gets things done because she is able to, uh, you know, say, look, this is what we're going to do. She's that self-confident. So does that sound like a part of you, perhaps? 
yes, I do have those qualities at times. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so this is your energy coming through. Um, the next one is the Five of Cups, and this one has to do with uh, kind of feeling sorry for yourself and just wondering, oh, gosh, I don't know what to do, and worrying about that instead of looking at the bright side and say, well, yeah, there could be some disappointments, but look at this is what I'm grateful for. You know, so have you been have you been worried about it, wonder, going back and forth and saying, oh, gosh, you know, what if I go with him and this doesn't work out? What am I going to do? Have you been thinking about along those lines? Uh, I, I question a little bit as to whether or not it would be a rash decision. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, prior to his entry, uh, re-ent- well, we'd already been kind of speaking on and off anyway, just over the years. But I also came off of a, a divorce from about three years ago that I really, in the last like six months, have really just kind of been able to put behind me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's some of that energy that kind of hung around too. And once I was able to kind of just say, okay, I'm letting that go, all of a sudden, then this. Allow it just cleared space to allow this to come in. Mm-hmm. So. Well, good. Well, what this card is saying, Kim, is that there's a little bit residue left over from the divorce and the feelings there, mm-hmm. but but that's okay. I mean, you know, you're you're you sound like you're working on that. Uh, now, mm-hmm. the last card here is actually a good one. It's the Four of Wands, and it's saying that right now you're kind of in a murky area, not sure what to do, but it's le- this leads to a beautiful nature-filled area in, the, in this card where there's a rainbow, there's a stream, there's a beautiful trees and a meadow, and there's four wands, and four is the number of structure and stability. So this is saying that if you can get beyond, you know, fo- focus on what you want and, and feel happy and positive about it then it's leading to something good is coming for you so this is a very good one to end on okay i will take okay. that and then trust your queen of swords yeah you know, the truth is important to you so make sure that you feel like yeah you know this is what i want and you know go within and say in your heart of hearts is this what i'm really looking for so in other words be truthful and honest with yourself too that's what they're saying also Yes, ma'am. Well, dear, I, I will definitely take that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. But it, okay, you're welcome. Yes, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for calling in this evening. Okay, uh, Kathleen, thank you so much. I don't think we have anyone else who's waiting for a reading. So we're getting into the last uh, five or so minutes of the show. And I really thank you uh, for coming on and being so candid this evening. Uh, I know when we spoke beforehand about the show, you were a little nervous about uh, coming (laughs) on the air. It was a kind of a new experience for you, but I think you sound as cute as a cucumber. And <laughs> I, I hope you weren't traumatized by this evening. You don't have any. No, it was a lot of fun, Joelle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am really just so thankful for you spending the time with us. And again, the Psychic Inside Show, our whole uh, purpose here is to talk with everyday people who got up in the morning, made their coffee, and and in your case, at one point in time, you went to your traditional job and did uh, your life in that fashion before it flowered and opened up into something completely new and different. And I just really appreciate you telling and sharing your story this evening. 
Now, I will say that I have noticed that it is a consistent theme right now that people I know have been coming to me and saying, you know, I have been doing X, Y, Z, and I used to really enjoy it, but lately I'm feeling like I want to be more helpful, and I'm finding that I, I, I'm just not as effective as I want to be. And I've got people who are doctors and healing professionals who are saying, I'm a doctor and I'm supposed to help people, but I don't feel like I'm actually helping them to the fullest way that I can, and I'm being restricted by the systems that are in place. And so they're seeking alternative means of still doing what is in their gift, but doing it in a way that winds up being more helpful for people and then feels better for them. And, I mean, your story is very much like that. You 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 said that you were not able to help people as much in the counseling in the traditional sense as you were once you started using your intuitive gifts and abilities. Mm-hmm. And I was Yeah, that's like, very, very true. Yeah, I would just like to encourage people to not be uh, intimidated by the idea of breaking paradigms. You know, if you are, um, I know someone who's an optometrist who has shifted away into iridology or iridology. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but which is the study of the iris of the eye as a way to diagnose health issues rather than the traditional optometry, which uses, you know, glasses and things like that to correct your vision. Um, And she, you know, took a lot of flack for departing from a traditional means of doing her healing to a more whole, what she felt was more holistic. And I'm sure at times you were challenged by people who said, wait, but I thought you were a psychologist, you know. So Mm -hmm. I applaud you for following your truth and for doing what you love, as your as your advice to us this week was, uh, because you're kind of living, you're walking the walk, uh, not just talking the talk. And I think that that's also good for your clients to see as well. Yeah, well, thank you, Joelle, and you're right. You know, I have to admit that when I first got into this, it was like I, I didn't want to tell the people I worked with, you know, because I thought, oh, God, they'd think, oh, gosh, she's just as crazy as we thought, you know. But after a while, <laughs> I just came out of the closet and I said, I don't care what they think. You know, I'm doing what's ha- what makes me happy. And if they don't like it, that's I don't care. You know, that's their business. And I felt a sense of relief and like this big weight had been lifted off of me because I didn't have to hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. I love that coming out of the closet. I've heard uh, two or three people say that same thing about <laughs> coming out with their psychic gifts, you know, and, and that is a big leap for people. But I'm here to testify that, you know, we talk about in my community, the good vibe tribe, but your vibe attracts your tribe. And for every colleague that you lost in the old way of doing things, you found a new colleague in the new community way of doing things. And it's other right. people who are loving their lives and loving what they're doing and making a difference for people every day. Absolutely. 
Well, this has been the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm the Vibrarian, Joelle. I do wanted to let you know that my my other talk show will be this Thursday. I had a show about a year ago, the Vibrarian Radio Show, and we talked about all manner of things. There was no topic that was off limits, and I am getting ready to kick it back off again this Thursday. Same phone number, same blog talk radio channel, starting at 9 p.m. And this week our conversation is going to be about astral travel and out-of-body experiences and lucid dreaming. And so I hope that you will join me. I hope to have a couple of uh, people who will be contributing to the conversation based on their knowledge of, of this particular realm and we hope to debunk some of the myths around it and give you some helpful information to put it all into context if you have been having um, out-of-body experiences uh, to take the fear away. And I believe the week after that we're going to be talking about some astrology. We've got an astrologer who's going to be on. So it's going to be kind of like the wild, wild west. There's no topic that we won't cover in that realm. So I do invite you to come back on Thursday night at 9. So this has been the Vibrarian Show, and we've been on this evening with Kathleen Robinson of KCR Counseling, and uh, that is kcrcounseling.com. Thank you so much, and I do hope that your week is wonderful and that you have all the blessings and love returned to you that the world that you can hold. So uh, namaste. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.